Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Jenna Morton. And I'm Tosh Taylor. And here we are, yep. just the two of us. And we we haven't done this say. in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, when we started this podcast and this show years ago now, more than 130 episodes ago, <laughs> it was always just the two of us. Yep. And we would talk about whatever was on our minds. And usually now we have guests join us, but today we thought we'd take it old school, just yeah. the two of us again. Yeah. How you doing? Really good. Yeah? Yeah, how about you? <laughs> I don't know about the really part, but I'm good today. Right now, this moment, right here now, pretty good. It's a good moment. It's, it's a good, good moment. moment. It's a good day. Yeah. We wanted to do uh, something today that maybe a little bit more lighter or fluffier than we've been doing as of late. <laughs> And typically when we do do shows that are just the two of us, we have something we want to rant the last, at. The last two shows we did, we dressed up in costumes this for Halloween. True. This is true. We've been pretty light and fun, yeah, that's I have true. to say. That's true. But we thought we'd talk today about jobs yeah. in, in general. And not like the fact that like we're like in this crisis of looking for people <laughs> to work or anything like that. No, 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 no. Just like our jobs, our, yeah. our careers as we've gone through life. Which yeah. I don't think you and I wavered too far on, on what we've done. I mean, I was never a tour guide, but <laughs> <laughs> we've, I think it's funny. I think when, when you get to know someone, you kind of forget that you don't know everything about them, right? Yeah. You, you know them for a little sliver of time, really. And they've generally, they've had this whole life before that, mm-hmm. that you don't know anything about. And one of my favorite things really is when I get to meet people that don't know me and I'm like, oh good, I can tell any of my stories because they don't know any of them yet. <laughs> but if I've known someone for a while, I'm like, did I already tell them that? I can't tell them that again because they're gonna, oh, they're gonna think she keeps telling that story. That's but the I'm like, worst. I, but I think there's a lot of my like work stories that I haven't necessarily shared. Yeah. And I think it's always fascinating to hear, you know, what, what someone's first job was. Like not your first career. Mm. But what was your actual first, you remember getting a paycheck or getting money in your hand for doing something job? What was yours? Pizza place. I made pizzas. You made pizzas? I made pizzas. And I I still suck at it. (laughs) I didn't work there very long. (laughs) So I was going to be the very first time, it's a toss up. I can remember the first time I got paid to babysit. Yeah. See, I never babysat because I don't like kids. Says the mother of two. I, I, I like your kids. I wouldn't babysit them though. <laughs> so I remember getting paid to babysit in what was really not technically a babysitting situation, so much as it was in the summer. We had, you know, our cottage and my uncle's cottage, and in between, all on the same property, was my godmother's pop-up trailer. And I would get paid, I think it was $2 an hour. It might've been $2 a night. I really don't remember. Cause I was like 10 or 12. It was not proper babysitting yet. No. But I would get paid to sit in the camper trailer with her two young kids while she went up and hung out with the other adults. Love it. Right? That was my Love first, it. like I got paid to do something. I'm pretty sure I was 10 the first summer I did that. Because really we could have all been in the same building. There are buildings that are bigger than the distance between where I was and where the other ad- where the other adults where the adults were. <laughs> um, and then I remember not that long after that, probably I think the summer that I was heading into junior high, I got paid to work the canteen at Highland Village <gasps> Day. Ooh, that so would th- be fun. Oh yeah. So yeah. Highland Village Museum, that's where my mom works. Um, it's similar to King's Landing for those okay. New Brunswickers. Most of our audience is in New Brunswick. So think of King's Landing, but where they would once a year have a massive, massive concert that would take over, not quite the size of a Magnetic Hill concert, but you know, pretty epic, like 
hundreds to almost thousand people back nice. in the heyday. Yeah. Uh, big outdoor day-long concert and local kids would get hired to work in the canteen. And you'd spend, yeah, like a couple hours serving burgers and fries and whatever. Nice. Not making them, just Hands handing them out. Them out. Yeah. But that was my first, like, I got an actual... I believe I got paid by check. Like, I think it was an actual paycheck. Wow. For, again, like, I might have made 40 bucks that day, I think, if that. But, when, <laughs> I mean, we factor in the fact that, you know, this was a long time ago, too. Oh, yeah, like, I know. oh, my God, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and even still, if I get paid 40 bucks or something right now, I'm like, mm, I'll take that. Well, yeah. It's not like it was hard work. You just yeah. taking orders. Yeah. And, yeah. Handed things out. And it was fun. It was There was a real kind of cachet to it at that time as a kid to be like, you get to work in the canteen this year. <laughs> yes, Leveled I up. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Then eventually I went on to work there. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I worked at the museum, uh, I guess just the one summer that I actually worked there. There have been time, other times that I volunteered with my mom and stuff. She started working there uh, just when I started like elementary school. Wow. And she's still working there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She likes that job. She does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, one summer in between, uh, I don't know, second and third year, third and fourth year university, I created a research position for myself. <laughs> Smart move. Uh, yeah. Came up with a project I wanted to work on, went to the museum. They agreed to sign off and put the papers in and got provincial funding, kind of like the seed program, like that okay. type of funding was coming through. So. Yeah, I got paid to do research for the summer at the museum, which was really fun. Uh, there were some big learning curves on that one for me, though, because I'd never really worked in that type of environment and worked in that way that I remember uh, I got asked by a radio host to do an interview about the research I was doing. Oh. And I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll talk about it. And I did this interview. And then my boss found out. He was like, what? You don't just go do interviews without talking to your boss. You have to get approval. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was something that it just it didn't cross my mind, it, you know? So, word to the wise, if you're out there looking for your first job, <laughs> if someone asks you to do an interview, check with other people where you work. It might be us <laughs> coming to interview. That makes me think back to when we did the summer series this summer. And remember that we were, we were down at the Albert County Museum and thankfully, her boss was on site, and it was her yes, that told she her was she to told. do it. But she <laughs> yeah. was she was well told, Brooklyn, you're going to go do this interview, and she had yes. 20 minutes to research the topic that she was going to talk about and nailed yeah. it. Yes. she totally nailed the expulsion. So I was yeah. I was pretty impressed by that because that's a lot of numbers and facts that she had to yes to it was. sink in. Yeah, I I I didn't need to know as many numbers and facts mm -hmm. that year. I was uh, it was doing research about the music in the local area, nice. which is really cool. Which is also very kind of like. I, I'm not a musician, and so <laughs> me doing music research was uh, could have been a better thought out project. But it was a good it was a good preliminary baseline for someone else to do some better work off of that. I hope they've done since then. <laughs> and it, so that makes me wonder with that interview, do you mm. think that in any way that propelled you into wanting to be a journalist? And that started in elementary school. Did it? Oh, okay. for sure. I have very clear moments all along the way where things stand out, um, in particular my grade six teacher, looking at an assignment and going, see, this is how you edit. Because by that point, um, I had asked for a typewriter. I had my first typewriter. Nice. I had a thesaurus, and the thesaurus had, because, yeah, in grade six, that was I like, would love you. I, yeah. I, I probably got this thesaurus in grade five, I feel like. <laughs> um, and in it, it must have been in that, because it's not like I was using the internet at the time. 
because this was, the internet existed, but you didn't use it the way you do today. No. <laughs> I found like copy editing protocols. So if you're doing copy editing for a newspaper or book or whatever, there's little symbols that copy editors use. And I taught them to myself and I'm, I'm assuming I learned them in my thesaurus. I don't remember where I learned them, but I had learned them. I had taught myself some of these little like shorthand copywriting, editing things. I was doing them in grade six to my work assignment. Oh my God, but your teacher loved that. He did. And I would use different <laughs> colors and uh, yeah. So for me to end up where I did doing producing and editing and writing, that, that was kind of a foregone conclusion for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Including the very first proper job interview I did like the first like really I was nervous going into it felt I, I did have to prepare I had a very long list of things I had to prepare it was the first time I interviewed for a job at CBC radio mm -hmm. it was a reporter's job what you have to do or at least then what you had to do to go into a job interview at CBC was intense and part of it was coming to the table with story ideas that you would pursue if you were hired and they had to be very well thought out and like basically you had to do the story. Cool. Y yes, yes and, and no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, in that very first time I did one of those interviews, uh, the executive producer that was part of the panel that I was going before, uh, I, I will never forget her saying, why are you even applying? Ouch. But it was because you're a producer, not a reporter. Okay, okay. And at the time, it. I didn't fully understand what she meant by mm -hmm. that. And yeah, there was that like, yeah, made her crush my dreams. Thank you. And then over time, I'm like, oh no, she was a smart lady. Yeah, she she, knew. Yeah. she understood. I didn't understand enough of the difference of where my strengths were. She did. So yeah, like producing, editing, like all that side of things. Yeah, that's. That's been there a long time. Yeah, it's funny how, like, as you grow up and you meet these people in your life, how a lot of people seem to know, and you don't think it at the time, but they seem to know what's best for you. And they put you on the path to the right mm -hmm. direction, which you, you never saw coming at all. Like, I know I've told this story a million times. I wanted to be a, a journalist. I wanted to be a newspaper print. That's where I did my high school co-op. I worked at a newspaper, and that's what I wanted to do. And it was my guidance counselor that said, hmm, no, no, <laughs> you're actually going to go and be a broadcaster because that works more for you. Like you should go into radio or TV or something like that. And I went on a whim. Like I took the year off between high school and college and um, decided, like tr was trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to do with my life, working at a convenience store and Subway at the same time, which was the best job of my life. But anyway, <laughs> I still, I would, if I could take bags of Subway pickles home, I would. Uh, anyway, I think that's why it was the best job, I because of the pickles. It. Love it. And remember, remember when Subway, uh, it, this is so long ago, that Subway used to cut in the V-cut? Yes. Right? That's oh, yeah, how I long ago that. I used to work there. That's how, and, and if I was to get behind one of those again, I'd be like, this is how you properly make a Subway. <laughs> That was the best way. It was the best way. Yeah. It honestly Something was. Something shouldn't change. No, <laughs> you're right. It shouldn't. Anyway, so I decided, okay, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to take broadcast journalism. So for the first year, I took radio and TV. And at the end of first year, I said to myself, I really only like radio. And uh, one of my professors. As we record our TV show yeah, I know. at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> So uh, one of my teachers, uh, his name was Len Arminio, and he was like, listen, stick it out for the second year, because I promise you with what you have, you'll get a job in radio. And I was like, 
okay, because I just wanted to be an announcer, not a journalist at that point. I just wanted to get paid to talk. It worked. It, <laughs> he was right. He was right. He was right. Can we go back for a second? Because I want to talk about that, not the subway yeah. job. The, the convenience the store? The convenience store job. This, I I'm, maybe have never, ever told you before. So, you know, convenience stores, a lot of fun. But in a really small town where I grew up, you know, everybody that comes in the store. And uh, this old couple will come in every single day and buy those um, oh, the Nevada tickets. Yeah, what do you call them here? Nevada tickets? Yeah, we What's call a them, Nevada ticket? That's what we call them in Ontario. Is that Nevada a break tickets. open? Yeah, like break where you break Okay. Yeah, 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 we call them Nevada tickets. Look at that, I learned something new today. Anyway, <laughs> they'd always come in and buy those in like a scratch ticket. And that was back in the day when you could pull out the thing and let yeah. them pick their own tickets, right? You don't do that anymore? They don't. They grab them for you now. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's how long it's been since you played the lottery, huh? It, I, yeah. it's, it's never been a thing for me. No. 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 Um, huh. So anyway, typically I would hand it out to him. And that day he said, you know what, Tosh, just grab one for me. Like, just grab any crossword that you can. And crossword was always my game of choice, too. That's the, the one I Because it's like doing a crossword. That part I get. Yeah. <laughs> I handed him a $50,000 winner. Yeah. No way. Yeah, way. Yeah, oh, way. how fun. It, so when you said that about like not being able to hand it out, I was like, there must be so many people that are like, no, but the whole like luck factor, I can't let someone else pick it. And exactly. then he let you pick and he won. And he won. Yeah. It was bonkers. Awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. And, and it was great too, because they were like, they needed the money. They were like, it was, it was really, really neat uh, to get to do that. Have I ever done it for myself? No. <laughs> 20 bucks, I think is like the most I've ever won on any lottery, let alone a scratch ticket. But Anyway, uh, my day's coming. <laughs> Some, someday I've got to win the lottery anyway. I don't know. Okay, are you like me? Can you relate to any of these questions? You're struggling with unwanted weight gain and low energy. You have afternoon energy crashes. You can't get enough caffeine throughout the day. Or you're working out, but you're stuck at the same weight with no change. Any of that sound like you as well? So I want to introduce you to today's episode sponsor, Jillian Crooks. Jillian is a registered holistic nutritionist with Rehab One. And right now she's got a 90 day health coaching program that helps you eliminate the problem of unwanted weight gain, fatigue, and it brings you through a step-by-step -step of everything you're gonna need to completely transform your health. I am telling you, I've been working with Jillian for about a month, two months now, and I have never, honestly in my life all of a sudden had so much energy it's unbelievable imagine having jillian in your back pocket she's been where you have been we've interviewed jillian she has an absolutely remarkable story of her own journey to health and wellness and having this beautiful vibrant personality i think that jillian is exactly what you need in your life so if you want to take part in her 12-week program, then why don't you contact her now for the Vibrant Wellness Project. Jillian has made it her life's work to take a scientific and soulful approach to nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle, and now she wants to share it with you and the world. You can give Jillian a call at 506-962-1740. That's 506-962-1740. What's the most like bizarre kind of job you've had? Like the job that when you explain it to people, they're just like, you did what? Do well, you have one of those? I worked in a tattoo shop for a summer. <laughs> yeah, wasn't getting that vibe. 
Yeah, I did. If you're so, listening, you can't see the look that just came over yeah. my face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I worked and lived in the tattoo shop for a summer. So um, I do have a lot of tattoos, but they're strategically placed. So that. Okay, what's a lot? A lot. I don't know, like 12 or 13. That many? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they must be very strategically placed because yeah you've like, never I, like my foot and my leg is probably the only ones you've ever yeah, seen yeah like i knew you had tattoos but yeah. you don't start like i don't think of you as one of those people i know with lots of tattoos no no a no. dozen that that puts you up there in a lot yeah it, it, it does definitely but it's over yes. double digits yeah um so yeah, i worked there from someone who'd have none yeah yeah exactly and i i went back to my second year of uh radio school and in television <laughs> school with my face all pierced up and and my hair was black and the days have, have uh, come where I realized that my mother was right all along. Here we are. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, Mom. Uh, At least you didn't like, get face tattoos and regret them. Oh, no. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But, uh, yeah. So that what did I do there? P pretty much just like rang people through. But, yeah. That, I think that's the one that throws people off the most. Is like, what? Who are you? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't completely surprise me that you went through that kind of yeah. phase. Yeah. But I hadn't realized that you lived and worked in a tattoo shop. Yeah. My dark. Oh. My black hair also didn't last very long because uh, my mom is a hairdresser. So as soon as she saw it, she very quickly stripped it <laughs> out of my hair. But <laughs> didn't do any permanent damage. So speaking of living and working in the same place, I'd have to say when people ask, that's probably my standout. You know, kind of odd job in the sense that people are like y you did what so i lived and worked on the marine atlantic ferries back and forth to i didn't land. realize you lived on it you had to be on the boat so oh. it was it was supposed to be two weeks on two weeks off i did that once and then i convinced the other girl uh that we could do one week one week okay because there were only two of us that were hired to do this position on that particular ferry um because two weeks was too much yeah <laughs> I could not that. do it. And it's not even like you're on a cruise ship and you're going to destinations. You're going back and forth yes. and back and You're going forth. back and forth from North Sydney to Argentia. And every now and then we would do a Port of Basque run, but mostly it was Argentia. And the way the job was set up, I was working for Tourism Nova Scotia. And we had a little booth that we shared with Tourism Newfoundland. Uh, and so when the ferry was heading towards Newfoundland, the representative from Newfoundland was in the tourism booth. Okay, makes sense. And when the ferry was heading towards Nova Scotia, the representative from Nova Scotia was in the booth. Makes complete sense. Totally, yeah. Except when you think about the ferry schedules. And when you're doing the Argentia run, that's the long one that goes, like, takes you way around, almost over, you know, you're just outside St. John's. You, like, yeah, it's really cool because yeah. you get to, like, you know, sail past St. Pierre Miquelon all the time. Yeah, that's neat, yeah. But it's, you know, a good 14 hour trip on a good day. And would you have to sit at your booth all day? You're supposed to be there the whole trip. And what happens with a ferry is it goes and then it goes back and it goes and it goes back. And pretty much every time the ferry was heading to Nova Scotia when I was responsible to be at work was the nighttime. Oh man. So <laughs> I routinely would sleep through the day, get up. I feel like the ferry used to get into Newfoundland at like one or two in the afternoon at that time. So my shift would start at like three, four o'clock in the afternoon and go until like three or four in the morning. <laughs> Nothing about that sounds like fun. No, no, it was, it was 
not. <laughs> and would you get a lot of like the rocking? Like I don't know. I how didn't. Big I didn't mind. Is. It, okay. It's very big. Yeah. Um, and most of the summer, the weather's pretty good. As we started to get into the fall, it started to get into rockier. But I was going back to university, so I was only there until like Labor Day weekend. Okay. Um, my my last shift actually was the day that Princess Diana died. Oh wow. That was my last shift on the ferry. Um, so I could always look up and see when it was. <laughs> it was August 31st. There you go. Uh, I don't remember the year though, but I just know because it, uh, Jason it and I, we got married on the day that she died ah. and the room that we stayed in at the Algonquin was the Princess Diana suite. So ah. yeah, so that's, I, I won't yeah. ever forget that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I know it was the 90s. I don't remember which year the 90s. Someone out there is like yelling at us right now what day it is and how <laughs> do we not know this piece of trivia. But, um, but yeah, that was one of my strangest jobs. It, because of the way the schedule went, yeah, I worked basically night shift for the summer for a full week at a time on the ferry. And gross. Well, and it was like, there's weird little things, right? Like if you sleep, if, you, if you've ever worked shift work, you know, like you wake up, you know, at three in the afternoon, you want breakfast. Yeah. So I would go to the cafeteria and we had like a staff cafeteria, not just the, the public one, but I'd go in and they'd all be having like supper. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, I cannot eat. Like, so I had toast with peanut butter and oranges pretty much for an entire week. And the only other thing that I would basically eat would be when we'd stop long enough, the layover was long enough that I could go to Subway and get a foot long sub. <laughs> and that's exactly when they did that V cut stuff. <laughs> See, all the stories come together. They it's do. like we planned this. It's true, it's true. I um, actually, for a very short period of time, worked in a factory for a very short period of time. It probably was in that year that I took off between between college and high school, I can't really remember. Um, but I did, I did overnights at a box factory and it wasn't here, obviously, at the at the one that's here in town. I can't think of what that one's called, but anyway. Um, yeah, and it was awful. I couldn't, I, I it's funny imagine. because uh, we're complaining about overnights, but we both, for our jobs, would get oh, up in the middle of the night hours. to go to work, yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I like going to bed at a regular time. Anyway. Um, I remember one time having to go right from my shift to the dentist and I kept passing out in the dental in the chair and they'd be like shaking me because they didn't they didn't realize I just gotten off yeah. work so they were like I don't know if they thought I was dying in the <laughs> dental chair or what but it was had too much fun the night before and, yeah too much fun. yeah who knows I can't even imagine but no it was a horrible job I, I and I have so much respect for anybody that can do shift work at mm. all at all yeah shift work is it depends, I guess, what your shift is, too. Like, yeah, when I did mornings, I got into a routine that I liked. Yeah. Right? I liked that morning routine of getting up and being at my desk for 4.30 and being done my day at noon. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, you go to bed, like, 8 o'clock at night. It doesn't feel that crazy. Yeah. Uh, and there's, yeah, there's a lot of nice things about being off in the afternoon. But, yeah, like, to work shift work where you only work at night and you never see the daylight. Never. <laughs> or when, like, people that get to switch back and forth. I, I know there's lots of scientific studies out there about what it does to your, your whole system to kind of have that lifestyle, and it is. That's huge respect to people that are able to do that because it is not no. on my list of things I want to experience. I know. My uncle has worked at uh, the Honda plant in Alston, Ontario. It's got to be over 20 years. And how he still continues to do it, I don't have the slightest idea. I don't know no. how, but I think when you, once you get used to that lifestyle, then 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 your body probably, in a way, kind of craves it. Mm -hmm. Well, in a and, way. and when you work in a big factory or plant like that, at least you know other people who have that same kind of lifestyle, yeah. right? And you can That's find true. people that you 
can, you know, hopefully socialize with who are awake when you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those people. I don't know. Yes. I'm trying to think. Do we have any other jobs? I ran a bar for a period of time as well. My parents owned a, a pool hall bar, and that was fun. <laughs> that was such a great job. I'm still not a great bartender, but... You learn those at the Christmas shows that we do here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring other people in to do that for us. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have any other standouts that come to mind that I haven't necessarily talked about. There, there's been a few interesting ones along the way, but yeah. I think the, you know, it, it's always interesting just to hear those little snippets of people's lives that you're not used to. So if you're listening, if you're watching, you want to tell us about, you know, one of your first jobs, your craziest job, the job that you miss, like cutting sandwiches at Subway. Seriously, when life was simple, guys. Oh. We would love to hear your stories. So, you know, hit us up in the comments, send us a message. You can find us at Pickle Planet Moncton. You can find Tosh online at the Podcast Hub and on... Yeah, just Tosh.wood.taylor. Uh, you can find me anywhere you like. We're always available. Thanks for yeah. watching and listening. See you soon.